Hello and welcome to Voices in the Field, a brand new podcast brought to you by the Graduate School of Social Work and Social Research at Bryn Mawr College. Thank you so much for tuning in. I am Mary Florence Sullivan. My pronouns are she, her, and hers, and I will be your host as we journey into the fields together today. But first, let me give you a little background about what this podcast is all about. Voices in the Field was created to showcase the amazing work of our truly incredible community. We feature conversations with everyone from GSSWSR alums to our wonderful faculty and staff as we talk about their journeys through social work and all the peaks and valleys they've traversed along the way. We hope this podcast gives you some insight into the many pathways a career in social work can present and will help answer some questions that might come up as we explore the field together. Let's get started. In our second episode, we have a conversation with the Director of Career Services and Writing at the Graduate School of Social Work and Social Research, Sarah Slates, and our Student Support Services Coordinator, John Edwards. Hello, John and Sarah, and thank you so much for joining us today. I know I just gave you both a brief introduction, but if we could start off with both of you introducing yourselves. So if you wouldn't mind sharing your name, even though we've already talked about that, your preferred pronouns if you're comfortable, and a brief introduction about yourself and your social work interests, maybe a little bit about your journey into social work, into the school of social work, and into the positions that you both have right now. So whoever wants to get started, go for it. John, would you like to start us off? I would be glad to. Thank you, Sarah. Um, Thank you, Mary Florence, for for having me as a guest today. My name is John Edwards, and I use he, him, his pronouns. Uh, I am a fourth-year PhD candidate, uh, and my social work interests are are very varied. Uh, Primarily, I'm, I'm really passionate about uh, the health and wellness issues as they relate to the LGBTQ plus communities um, with an emphasis on issues related to HIV, uh, prevention and education, uh, substance abuse, and mental health. I'm also very interested in ways that social work and the law converge. And I'm also interested in social work education. So I've, I've got a range of, of interests. Um, I've been associated with Bryn Mawr for a long time. I got my master's at, in the social work program in 2010, and I have some years of experiencing uh, experience practicing with um, LGBTQ populations, uh, particularly in the areas that I've already talked about. And uh, I was a career changer. So I used to be an attorney and then decided that that wasn't what I wanted to do with the rest of my life. Uh, so I, I, I went, came to Bryn Mawr and I haven't regretted it. Uh, it's been an incredible journey. I love the school. I love the people here. And I'm so excited to be starting this new position as a student services coordinator. And um, I think that's a good place to start. So I'm going to turn it over to Sarah. Thank you, John. And it is so good to be here with you both. Um, I am Sarah. I use she, her 
pronouns. As Mary Florence shared, I am the career counselor and writing coach at the school, and I have been since 2019. Um, but I've actually been at the School of Social Work since 2016, and I started out as a teaching assistant or TA for the research-informed practice courses. I've worked as an instructor and also as the student support services coordinator. So I've been really fortunate to hold a few different roles at the school, and those experiences have continued to inform my work in student support services. So similar to John, I am also a career changer and my background is in education, but I really think of social work and education as almost like sibling professions. I think there's so much overlap. Um, for me, sort of the catalyst for me in terms of moving into social work more explicitly, because I think as an educator, I was often involved in what we consider social work. Um, but I worked in a family resource center in a school in Kentucky where we provided educational programming, but we also um, provided a lot, of, a lot of community building events and connected families to resources. Um, and I've also spent time as a survivor's advocate and crisis counselor. Um, and I think those are really the two experiences that I can point to that directed me um, to social work. So I would say I have a range of practice experiences, but I've more recently turned to working in higher education and student support services. And I have become such an advocate of having this area recognized as a form of social work, as well as increasing the number of social workers in similar roles. Um, and just to touch on my research, I am also a PhD candidate in our program. Um, and my research focuses on my practice area. So I'm interested in how students experience validation and sense of belonging on campus and how that impacts their mental health and persistence in their degree program. So for me, it is all very related. And that's something I love so much um, about my work. Thank you both so much for those beautiful introductions. And I love what you both said too about being career changers who followed this path from maybe different professions into social work and now into student services along with your amazing work in the doctoral program. And it really touches on something we talked about in our first episode for people who might've listened to it about social work being a very non-linear journey. Cause a lot of us within the field, maybe who've been in the field for a long time have tried different positions in different roles and different agencies and different areas over a, num a number of years. And we've also talked a lot about how people come from different careers, different backgrounds, and really come into social work in a very non-linear way. So I really, really appreciate you two sharing your experiences. And I should say, I probably should have said this first, that I, as the outgoing student services coordinator and also a student in the doctoral program have gotten to spend a lot of time with both of you. So we have become really good friends and I'm really excited to have you both here for that reason, but also to really touch on an area that's become super close to my heart within student within the world of social work, but um, student support services being that. And Sarah, you mentioned student support services as something that's really become you wanting to really be an advocate for it becoming recognized within the field of social work. So I, again, really love that you're here to be able to talk about that as something that is not always discussed. So thank you. Thank you both again for those introductions and thank you for bringing that up. I think it's also a fantastic segue into our first official question outside of the introductory period of how you both would define student support services. 
So if you were to describe it to somebody, a student, somebody else who maybe is asking about student support services, how would you define it? And I think you can talk about this in however you want, but it could be in the context of our school or just student support services in general, graduate school, social work, whatever feels relevant to you both right now. I really appreciate that question because I think there are so many different ways to sort of describe and define student support services, and they're going to look differently depending on the setting in the school. Um, so I will share some thoughts, but I would love to have um, really have you both jump in given your experiences in student support services. So I like to think broadly and expansively about student support services. So that could include um, the financial aid office, health and wellness, career services and professional development, academic support, including advising, community building events, um, and structures to support student groups and student government. So those are some of the things that come to mind. And, and like I said, I do like to think very expansively. Um, I think the spirit of student support services for me is sort of about like the goal for me is not just like getting students in the door into the program, but thinking and believing that we really have a responsibility to students in our community, not just to help them survive in our graduate program, but to really thrive um, during and after they have successfully completed our program. Thank you so much, Sarah. John, what do you think? How would you define student support services as the as the student support services coordinator or as a graduate student or as a, as a social worker in the world? I, I love the question and I, I, I agree with a lot with what uh, Sarah's already said. I would just add to that that I see the role of um, all of us on the student support services team as one of advocacy, um, that we would like students to, um, to know that we have their backs and that we are here to hear them out. Um, and that can take a lot of different forms. Sometimes people just need someone to talk to. Sometimes people aren't aware of the wide range of services, not just the ones that Sarah talked about within the school, but what are, what is offered within the Philadelphia or the Lower Marion community as well. Um, and I, what I would encourage is that if a student feels or just has questions and not sure whether it's, uh, you know, it's appropriate for student services to come talk to us because we want uh, an open door. And it might be something that you think is minor but if it's getting in the way of you pursuing your goals, uh, then it's not minor. And that's, I think, a message that for me is really important. Thank you so much. Yeah, the piece about student services is advocacy and as a place that people can go with any questions they might have, whether or not they feel in the moment like they're needing help with something or they, they're not even sure what the question is. They just want to talk to somebody. I think that is an essential part of student support services. And I also think here at the Graduate School of Social Work, it's something that 
the student support services department or team likes to do is really, really just to be present and, and engage with students as part of the community and not always, I know, John, you, you like to talk about not always having to bring an issue or really just bringing and being present for a conversation and really a check-in and maybe talking through something that you don't even know is feeling stressful or overwhelming, but you might have some questions about. So as advocates, as people that are there to connect students and, and connect um, community members, I think um, that's a really great way of defining defining what student support services is, especially at, at our school. So this is kind of a, a good segue from our last, our last question, but I know um, sometimes in, you know, student support services can look different in different schools and different departments and, you know, undergraduate versus graduate social work school, non-social work school, what would you see, both of you, in your unique roles and also in your experience as students and social workers, what are some of the challenges faced um, by student support services folks or just within student support services generally? Um, I'd be glad to start. I think asking for help is a very uh, difficult thing for, for all of us. I know it's something that I struggle with and um, I feel I've gotten better with it, but there are times that um, I know I could be do, doing better. So I think making that first connection, it can be really daunting for people. And what I'd like to think that we are working on is how can we make that process as simple and as painless as possible. Uh, and one way I think that we do that is really trying to be a consistent presence in the life of the school. Um, so you're gonna be able to find Sarah and I either online or in person. Um, you know, we, we sit right in the same, where the classrooms are. And so we are, uh, we are around, uh, you know, it could be virtual, it could be in person, um, but, um, I think I think that's the for for some students can be the hardest um, part of the experience, and that's the one thing that I will you know hope to really work on is as how do we make student services as inviting as possible. I love that, John, and I think that was definitely something that was on my mind as well, like how challenging it can be, especially sort of that first outreach or that first engagement, how hard that can be. Um, so, you know, continuing to sort of puzzle through, how do we sort of demystify that process? How do we remove barriers to that process? Um, you know, we often hear students say, well, I don't want to bother you or I don't want to. And I think all of us, our response is always like, not at all. This is why we're here. We want to talk with you. Like we love um, learning from you and with you and working with you. That is why we're here. Um, we are passionate about the work that we do. Um, you know, something else that I was thinking about, I really feel that we still kind of work against this idea that graduate students um, don't really need student support services, that they don't really need or benefit um, from access to robust student support services. There's sort of this narrative, though I, I 
want to say that I think this is changing and I've even noticed rapid growth and increased interest in student support services for graduate students um, since I've been in this role, since 2019. So only in the span of a few years, I've noticed um, significant change. But I think for quite some time, um, there was sort of this narrative of what we might call like the default student that had access to family wealth or was independently wealthy. They weren't working. They didn't have caregiving responsibilities. In other words, they were sort of like independent with no dependents. And we know that's just not true um, of our students. And we don't want that to be true of our students. Um, so and I would also say that assumption doesn't just come from like faculty or staff, but we sometimes also hear that from students. Um, and that could show up as as feeling guilty or feeling shame that they need to ask for help or maybe something isn't clicking right away. Um, so those are some things that I noticed and uh, that I think we really try to work against. Um, but I'm feeling very optimistic. I do think those ideas are changing. And I also want to say I feel incredibly fortunate that we have a lot of support for student support services at our School of Social Work from our leadership at the school. Um, and there's been such a rapid expansion of student support services here within the past few years, which is really incredible. So, Sarah, uh, reflecting on what you were saying reminded me that graduate school is challenging. I'm, I mean, I think that has to be recognized that um, many of our students are coming back to acad academia after many years of, of not being a student. Um, we've all worked with students who will tell us, like, I haven't written a paper in 20 years um, or I don't understand this particular technology. It's not something I ever used before. And that could be people who you know, maybe are, you know, have been you know, working or have been a parent for years or people who are just out of college. Um, so the amount of work, so it's what, what students are doing is amazing. And I'm always amazed by the hard work that the students, how, how many responsibilities that people are juggling, juggling, but you don't have to do it alone. And I think what student services, hopefully what we can say is like, we are here for you. We do not need to shoulder the burden alone. And whether or not a person reaches out for student services is always up to you. But um, as Sarah said, we welcome uh, your questions. We welcome your concerns. Um, that is what we're here for. So I love what you both said about meeting students where they are, collaborating. I think Sarah, you said collaborating with students, working with students, learning from students, and John, that, about student support services really meaning that you're not alone, that we want to support you. We want to talk to you. We want to puzzle through questions you might have, puzzle through feelings of anxiety, of stress, of excitement about things, whether it's related to your work that you're doing in classes or thinking about things, thinking about interests that you might have, puzzling through all of that, balancing your work, balancing your time, um, that that is really what Student Support Services is about. And moving into this idea of what we call in social work, a strengths-based perspective of really supporting and collaborating and working with students. I love what you both said there. And really seeing how 
you know, student support services teams, staff, and students all contribute to this graduate school community and all contribute to this idea of community care and supporting one another and working together. And part of that is starting with this idea that you are not alone. Student support services is here for you, but also that you don't have to have an issue or a problem to come talk to people. You can just come and, and chat and think through things. So I love, I love what you both said, and thank you so much for sharing that. We've touched on your roles a little bit here and there um, in our conversation, but both of you, although you, you collaborate a lot together in being part of the student support services team, both of you do have very distinct roles. I know Sarah was once the student support services coordinator. I was the last student support services coordinator, and there have been many other wonderful, wonderful people who've been student support services coordinator. But John, as the newest Students Services Coordinator at the Graduate School. Could you talk to us a little bit about the specifics of your role? So you've talked about when people should seek out support, basically any time. Um, but if you could talk a little bit about some of the specifics of what you do in your role and specific questions people might have for you. It'd be lovely to hear about your, uh, your role going into, especially going into this new academic year that we're all starting right now. Absolutely. And it's a little daunting because I'm I'm in the footsteps of so many wonderful people who have handled this job before. So I'm, it's a little intimidating, but um, <laughs> no. I, I suggest that, um, or my hope is that students will uh, reach out to me with a wide range of issues. Um, and, you know, sometimes uh, for, for many reasons, um, students find that they may be having difficulties in the classroom. And that could be, like I said, for many reasons, whether there are issues uh, pers to personal to them, whether there are issues related to uh, how they get along with faculty or colleagues or within their placement. Um, one of my jobs is to work with students to identify what are the barriers and what can we help put in the place that will allow students to achieve their goals? Um, and you know, some of those um, ideas about removing barriers might require us to reach out to other uh, places, whether within Bryn Mawr uh, or outside of Bryn Mawr. Uh, I also will be working with our uh, Graduate Student Association, which is the governing body um, of the School of Social Work for, that represents the students. Uh, I will be working really closely with the faculty, administration, and staff um, and to serve as a voice for the students, as sort of a liaison, in a sense, between what's going on with the students and letting faculty and staff and administration know uh, student concerns. Um, and we have a lot of exciting projects uh, throughout the year that we're going to be working on. There are many committees that students will have the opportunity to be of service to the school and to make sure that their voices are being heard. Uh, and you're going to be getting a lot of emails from me <laughs> inviting you to be part of building community, which I think is probably the most important part of the job for me is like, how can I be of help to students building community? And that can take many, community takes many forms and many different um, 
environments. Uh, you know, some of our students are online only, some are hybrid, some are in person. And so that can be a challenge. But I think over the last two years, our community has risen to the challenge. And uh, we're in a different year, but a lot of those challenges still remain. And I hope to, um, you know, as I said before, be an advocate for the student. Thank you. And I really also appreciate your brief plug for the committees. There's um, a lot of student groups, a lot of ways that people can get involved with the community, bringing events to campus, bringing speakers to campus, joining student groups, starting student groups, if there's something that you want to see that isn't there. But we do have these fabulous committees that are both at the graduate school and the college, and students can be representatives to those committees. And John will be, as he said, sending out emails looking for folks. And I think that's a really special way to get involved and have your have your voice be, be heard because I think a important part of student services is like you both said removing barriers and really supporting and collaborating with students to to focus and center the student voice and I just I love that you brought up the committees because it's something that I think is incredibly important and a lot of people can get involved with that. Sarah, I know you have had experience as the Student Support Services Coordinator, but you most recently, as as we talked about earlier, are kind of the Director of Career Services, the Career Counselor, and also writing here at the school. So we did, as, as I said, touch a little bit on what people can seek out your support for, but if you could talk about um, your role and specifically your role and when or should a student seek out your support um, and if you have any examples that you want to talk about or anything else that you think is important to, to discuss your role in particular. Yes, uh, absolutely. I'm happy to talk through that. And I also, you know, want to say and really celebrate, I think each of our student support services coordinators like bring such a unique um, perspective to the role and they leave like a unique fingerprint, I would say, on the role, you know, whenever the time comes to move on. Um, so John, I have no doubts that that is going to be true, um, for, for your time as student support services coordinator. And we are really lucky and excited to be, um, working with you. So when thinking about, um, sort of the career services and, and actually the writing support piece, there's, there's a lot of overlap. Um, I'm someone, I like structure. <laughs> I like structure. I like predictability. Um, there's a lot of research that suggests that's actually really important in student support services. So there's going to be a lot of overlap um, in what I discuss. So for both career and writing, um, those supports are, are really sort of delivered, I would say, through one-on-one sessions, but also through like workshops and special events. And also through our, our online resources, which are stored primarily on our learning management system, which is Moodle, um, we have a few on our website. That Those online resources are a more recent development over the past few years. It was, it's really important to us that student support services, our resources are as accessible to students as possible. Um, so these resources are accessible um, anytime from anywhere, and they really cover some of those frequently asked questions that come up on the career side, for example, 
job searching strategies, um, negotiating salary, interviewing, social work licensing, as well as on the writing side. So that might be um, writing an APA. How do I format an APA cover page for a student paper? How do I format an in-text citation or references? What's with all of these headings? Why do I see so many headings in these articles? Um, and, and so related to that, you know, how can we use the structure of APA to benefit you in your writing? So those are some of the conversations and resources um, that we have available. So some of the special events, or what I would call special events, that we offer um, for career services, we have um, what I would call like career conversation series that happen throughout the academic year. Um, last spring, we held um, a really successful series that culminated in a panel of alums where they were really giving insider advice on you know, what do we look for when we're hiring social workers? Like, what are things to think about? What do you need to know to really land that job of, of your dreams? Um, and I loved that panel so much. And I learned so much from that. And it was great for us to hear from members of our community that have that kind of hiring experience. So it was an opportunity to go really right to the experts and the people doing the work. Um, we also offer career information sessions in the spring, which is an opportunity to connect with local, primarily local um, social service agencies. Um, for writing, we actually just wrapped up our graduate and professional school transition program series for the summer. Um, that is a program that is near and dear to my heart. Um, that's all about like preparing for the transition. What might we expect? Um, what are some strategies for reading at the graduate level efficiently and effectively, uh, for navigating the scholarly literature, for writing an APA? But a big component of that, too, is like for us to have a chance to meet our students, for our students to meet us and also meet one another, including returning students. Um, so that's a bit... I mean, there's so much. I think in our, we're a small program, so we wear, all of us wear many hats. Um, but I would say, you know, to answer the question about like, when should a student reach out? I love this idea of like, just reach out to introduce yourself, like say hello. Um, we want to get to know you. Um, and I can give a few examples. My, my thought, well, I have two mantras, I would say, when it comes to student support services, don't suffer in silence. If, if you, um, you know, are experiencing, maybe there's some confusion, you're not sure, or some difficulty, um, don't wait, just, you know, reach out. But as John has said before, too, you don't have to, like, there doesn't have to be an issue for you to reach out. You truly could just reach out to say hello, and we would welcome that. Um, an example might be, a student feels like they have to have an interview scheduled to reach out for a mock interview or to discuss interviewing. I would rather, which leads me to my, my second mantra, the sooner the better, right? You don't have to have um, an interview scheduled to meet with me to, to discuss interviewing. You don't have to have a job offer um, to talk about salary negotiation. We could do all of those things preemptively and proactively. 
Um, with writing, students sometimes feel like they have to have a draft in order to meet with a writing coach. And I try to make clear that is not at all true. And actually, that this is another case of the sooner the better, right? Um, so we can meet to talk about outlining, to talk about setting up your APA cover page. Uh, a draft is not required. Um, and to just stop myself from going on and on, I think I'm going to I'm going to stop there. Um, but yeah, I hope I answered your question, Mary Florence. Yes, absolutely. And I appreciate both of you for your examples, because I think even even though we do try to encourage people to come, even if they don't have a question or they don't know what they want support with, um, having some examples can be really great. And we will, after the interview, add in the bio of this podcast episode, we will add the links for the pages that we've discussed so that people can be able to check them out on their own and they know where they are and where they can get that information. So thank you both. And I also do want to say, Sarah, to, to build off what you were saying at the beginning of your answer that, John, you are going to be an incredible, you are, because you've already started, but you are going to be an incredible student support services coordinator. And I love, Sarah, what you said about every coordinator kind of making their mark and leaving their own fingerprint. I feel like I've learned from so much from you, Sarah, and also Carolyn Solo, who was the person that was there right before me. And it's just been a really amazing learning experience, not only as a member of the graduate school community, but also as a social worker. So I think everybody brings their unique skills and their unique energy to the role. And in that way, there's so many different things you can do with it. And John, I feel like the, the team is lucky, beyond lucky to have you and your expertise and your creativity and your energy here. So really, really excited for this academic year and the students and, and the community are lucky to have you as well. So we have a, um, a few more questions to get into before we wrap, but we've talked so much about student support services really existing to remove barriers for folks and building community and, and creating structures of community care and support. And you really both have touched on this a little bit, but I know that it's something that's important to you. And I know, Sarah, as you said, that this is really this practice area has become a, a large part of your research area as well. And I know this piece is fundamental to that. But if you could talk and if, John, you wanted to start maybe talking about how equity, the idea of equity is really integral to student support services. That's a, I think, really important issue. And I, I would say that Everything that we do as uh, as members of the student uh, services support team is based on this idea of equity, that um, everyone has the right uh, to have similar access to opportunities and to benefits within the uh, Graduate School of Social Work. Um, but for a variety of reasons um, that that access might be challenging. Uh, I see the role, and we've talked about this earlier, but that student support services um, are meant not just to remove barriers, because I think it's important to recognize that there are some barriers that necessarily cannot be removed, but how can we create alternative programs? How can we offer different ways of learning? We have to recognize, and I think, this is something that we are very cognizant of, but that maybe we don't talk enough about is that students learn in very different ways. Um, 
some students are visual. Some students, uh, they may prefer podcasts. They might prefer hearing their articles. We need to be, equity, I think, requires us to be creative and not to settle for, we're going to do things this way because it's the way that it's always been done before. Equity requires us to uh, rethink all the ways that we deliver services um, from day, from the first interaction to the end of the semester. So as a team, we meet very frequently. Uh, as we are constantly Zooming, we're constantly email, always questioning each other and ourselves. Are like, how can we be doing this better? Like, why are we doing it this way? Why don't we try this way? And sometimes, the, the ideas that we have might not be a great solution, but I think if we're always questioning, if we're always willing to be curious and to be open about what student services looks like, I think that goes a long way to making sure that uh, we 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 strive to, to equity. I mean, I, I don't you know. It's always hard to obtain full equity. I mean, that's, that's always the goal. And, you know, there's going to be sometimes we fall short and that's when we need students also to tell us when we fall short. We are not, we want to hear what we're doing that is not working for you. And that's part of our job because we know we're going to screw up. There's some things we forget and we're human beings. And I think I think that's all I have to say about that. I'm sure I had something else that was brilliant, but I do want to hear Sarah's take on this. Thank you, John. Yes, thank you, John. I think you're going to hear a lot of similar themes um, in my response, but I just want to say as like proof of John's point about our frequent meetings, this is our third meeting for the day. So I just wanted to go on the record and say this is the third time. And actually our meetings have been back to back this morning. So, um, and I'm still happy to be here with the both of you, which is really incredible. Um, so I would say, you know, how we think about equity in student support services, like for me, it starts with, um, like almost like a series of questions that I ask myself when we're thinking about developing programming, enhancing programming, assessing or evaluating programming. So what services and supports are offered in the first place? When are they offered? How are they offered? Um, as I mentioned earlier, there is research that suggests that supports that are available to students, they need to be flexible, but also coordinated, right? Um, which ties in nicely with the, you know, we are meeting frequently and coordinating across multiple staff people, but also offices. Um, offering online supports, again, that are accessible, you know, anytime, anywhere, offering resources in multiple formats um, so that students aren't systematically, even if inadvertently, um, be, that they're not being excluded from accessing these resources. So, you know, I think a model, a past model of student support services is that the bulk of your staff people are available like nine to five Monday through Friday. So, you know, for a lot of our working students, that's not going to work very well with their schedule. So we're trying to think about student parents, working students, part-time students. Um, and as John said, 
I don't think like equity is a place you arrive, but it is a place that we like, con or a goal that we are constantly working toward. And that being said, we are a work in progress. Um, and that's, you know, it's something that we are always striving for. Thank you both for those wonderful, wonderful responses. And I really appreciate your thoughts on equity as an area that we're always thinking about and reflecting on as part of student support services. But I think you both also touched on equity in terms of growth. And I think John, you specifically said having students talk to us and check in with us when it when there are areas of growth in student support services that that need to be addressed. So I really appreciate the framing of that and um, the kind of dynamic iterative process sometimes that um, that growth can be. So I know we are winding down our time together. Um, so I just want to close with a couple of questions. The first being a fun question, if you could both share your favorite part about working in student support services. And if John, you want to get started and Sarah, share your favorite part after. Um, I think my favorite thing about working with students is what I call the aha moment. It's when a student has been struggling with something or there's, you know, whether it's in their research class or they've been having a problem with a paper or they're, and suddenly the light goes on because it does go on. Um, it, it does happen. And seeing the look on a student's face when they realize like, oh, now I, now I understand it. Now, now this is not as, scary as I thought it was once. Um, seeing that shift in perspective uh, really is, uh, I think, the most gratifying part of any work that I've done with students. This is a fun question. I would like to like to say, okay, I have a, this, my answer has two parts, at least two, but I'm going to try and keep it brief. Um, one of them is my colleagues, right? I really enjoy um, working with my colleagues. And I think, John, as we're looking ahead to the academic year, you are going to knock it out of the park. You know, having time for joy and laughter um, is really important. And I think we definitely bring that to our work together, which I'm so appreciative of, because the work can be heavy sometimes. Um, and so the other thing I would say, I often describe myself I mean, there are so many things I love about working in student support services, but I think of myself as like a graduation fangirl. Like I love graduation. Um, fortunately for me in my role, I get to continue working with students um, as their alumni. So it's not like I'm saying goodbye in any way. It's almost like I just love celebrating our students and you know the journeys that they've been on and I find that time of year for many students is like a time of reflection. And for some students, um, they didn't think they would get to that point, right? They, they, it was hard to envision um, graduation day or, or think that it would finally happen. And so when it does arrive, it is such a true just moment of joy. Um, and so you will likely see me lined up as people are processing in, um, being a fangirl. So cheering, yelling. Um, I am a bit of a woo girl. So I also like to, you know, do the woo. 
Um, so we, we like to bring the noise and the energy to graduation. Um, and, and I think uh, that is unique to the School of Social Work. I think we, we bring a unique energy to the very sometimes formal uh, graduation ceremony at the college. Yes, joy is such an integral part of, I think, the social work school, the social work profession, but also student support, because both joy with your colleagues. And as I said at the beginning, I, both of you have become such good friends through our work together and through being in school together. And and part of that friendship is really creating joy within our work. So I absolutely feel so grateful to be able to work so closely with both of you. And also joy is, is part of student support in, in generating and in building off of the joy um, that our students bring to the school and our students bring to the community. I think some of last year, some of my favorite moments were supporting the GSA officers and in their in in their creation and facilitation of these absolutely beautiful events on campus that were so focused on joy among our community and also extending that joy to students who were part-time or remote students but really this this focus on joy being a part of self-care joy being a part of liberation and activism and advocacy and social justice and joy being a part essential part to social work and the social work field so i love absolutely love what you both said and and support all of that and I so appreciate, speaking of joy, getting the time to together today, getting to spend all the time together today, but especially our, our last um, 45 minutes or hour or so. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you both so much. I can't say thank you enough. Could you conclude for us today by letting us know something that you are working on, either in your role as student support or, or doctoral students, some, or something you're looking forward to? Um, and most importantly, and we will include your contact information in the bio, but most importantly, where students can find you, um, how they can get in touch with you, how they can meet with you before we sign off today. Sure. So um, I think I have many projects, but one that we were just talking about earlier today that I'm really excited about is that as a community, we are finding um, ways of honoring different communities that are part of the Bryn Mawr uh, School, the Graduate School of Social Work. Uh, so we are looking to incorporate the voices of students and faculty in celebrations of uh, Hispanic uh, Latinx uh, Heritage Month. We have um, Native American History Month coming up at LGBTQ History. Throughout the year, we're going to have uh, different months that will uh, serve as opportunities to celebrate communities and to help build our communities. And you're going to be hearing more about that through the year. It's something I'm looking forward to doing. Um, I will be sitting in G9, which is in the basement of the social work school. Um, I will be there all day on Tuesdays and Wednesdays, but I'm also available to meet with students online. And um, there will be a way of scheduling meetings. If you email me, um, I answer my emails ridiculously quickly. So um, you will definitely hear from me uh, if meeting uh, virtually is your preferred option. So thank you, Mary Florence, for uh, inviting me here today. It's been a treat to talk with you. Yes, I agree. I, I really, I'm grateful for this opportunity to share more about our work. Um, I think for me, um, 
one of the things I am really excited about is, so we just wrapped up our first summer fellowship program. Um, and so we had three funded fellowship positions within student support services at the School of Social Work. So this was a first ever. Um, and I have been, that has been really rewarding work. We've learned a lot from it. Um, so I'm excited about gearing up um, for offering, to offer that program again next summer. Um, as well as, of course, uh, I'm really excited to meet our incoming students and reconnect with our returning students. Um, so for students to get in touch with me, um, students can email me anytime. Um, there are links to schedule with me as well as um, other writing coaches, depending on their availability during, you know, from semester to semester on our career services Moodle page and our writing Moodle page. Um, so folks can schedule directly with us using our Calendly links. You can call me on my office line. Um, I work a hybrid schedule currently so that I am on campus at least um, once per month to meet with students in person. But what we found is, um, you know, we had to shift pretty rapidly during the pandemic to remote meetings, meeting over Zoom. Um, students have shared that they really didn't want that option to go away. Um, so I am also available on a weekly basis to meet um, remotely with students. And I look forward to connecting with students. Thank you so much, Sarah. And I really, as I said, really appreciate both of you, appreciate your time, and we will include all information about how to get in touch with John and Sarah and how to meet with them throughout the academic year in our bio. And we look forward to seeing you all around campus. Thank you both so much. Thank you so much for tuning in to our second episode of the Voices in the Field podcast. And a huge thank you to our Director of Career Services and Writing, Sarah Slates, and our Student Services Coordinator, John Edwards. You can find any of the resources Sarah and John mentioned linked in this episode's description. We are so grateful to our supporters, Springpoint Partners, for providing the funding that has made this podcast possible. And thank you so much to our producer, Emily Overholt. Have an idea for an episode or a design for our podcast cover art? Submit your art and ideas to gsswsr at brynmar.edu. That's gsswsr at brynmar.edu. Thanks for tuning in and see you in the community.